Hello and welcome to another episode of Block Talk, presented by Theatre in the Now. I'm your host as always, Michael Block. Before we begin, a little disclaimer. You're about to listen to a very special live recording of Block Talk. Since it was our first live show, the audio quality isn't the best, but bear with it for a truly entertaining episode. And as always, follow us on Twitter and visit theaterinthenow.com for the latest news, reviews, and interviews. So we blame Shaquita. So we blame Shaquita. And also, I'd like to remind everyone in the audience that Carlos is both an Italian name and a Hispanic origin name. And I am very Italian. My last name is Bertolanti. Perfect. Now, how would you describe Carlos in three words? Um, High camp experience! (laughs) It's accurate, it's accurate. Did I do it? No, that works, that works for me. Great. Now, did you have any other drag name before Carlos? I was, 
I was, um, yes, I had three. Three? I had three. So while I was, while I was in high school, and deeply in the closet, I called myself Lyra Declitica for a while, because I was like, I have a religious pun waiting to happen. And then I was like, that's offensive. And then I went to, uh, my first drag name here in New York City was Nantucket Nectars. Like the, like the juice beverage. I was Nan, like Nancy Tucket Nectars. I thought I was sickening. And then everyone was like, what? Who are you? And so I was like, well, that's not working. And then I was like, oh my gosh, I have the best pun. I'm Betropolitan. And then everyone was like, are you from Brooklyn? Do you do you, do you, do you Metropolitan a lot? And I was like, no, I'm, I'm from Manhattan. They're like, that's misleading. And so I went, so I went, well, let's go back to the drawing board. And then I was like, I tried like Columba Circle for a minute. And then I was like, scratch that, that sounds like Chelsea Piers. And I was downtrodden and sad. And then I went to Shaquita's show and I was like, fuck it, I'm Carlos the Uber driver. Hello. And it's stuck. It's like tapioca flypaper, even though Paige Turner wants you to change it. Even though every drag queen in the city has asked me numerous times to change my name, they say it doesn't reflect the style of drag I do, it doesn't sound right, that's a little offensive, I say no, it's my drag name, you're going to have to use it. Just like your hemorrhoids, Barbara. <laughs> Who would you say some of your drag inspirations are? Um, I think Fran Drescher. Right? Okay. Um, uh, I I characterize myself as like uh, a a character actress. I'm never a leading lady. I'm always a character. Um, so like Andrew Lansbury really inspires me. Myrna Loy, like the like the glamorous character actors of yesteryear are who I really gravitate towards. Like women who can create a character and experience. Be Arthur as well. Now I hear you do an impression of uh, Angela Lansbury. I do. Would you like to share a little bit? Okay, would you like to hear Sweeney Todd Angela? Would you like to hear Beauty and the Beast Angela? Or the background. Sweeney Todd or Beauty and the Beast? Sweeney Todd! Sweeney Todd. Seems a town hot shame. Seems an awful waste. Such a nice plant frame. What's his name? Has, has, has. Nor can't be traced. There you go. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Now we're going to do that on Drag Race when you're eventually on. <laughs> wow, me there? Are you getting this? Good. <laughs> oh my goodness. RuPaul, if you're listening, and I hope you are, I am very poor. Give me your money. Anyway, I would love to do that on RuPaul's Drag Race season. You fill in the blank. Now, speaking of competitions, uh, even though we're here at Icon, home of Iconics, Sundays at 8, um, you competed in season 6 in the All-Star season of the Ultimate Track Pageant. Isn't it iconic? What was it like doing basically 16 weeks straight in a competition? And what was the best thing you got out of it? Wow. Um, that's a good question. I did, so that was, first of all, that was like the first thing that I, when I got when I was like, okay, I guess I'll do drag, I, I didn't do that, that sounds so awful of me. When I was like, I'd love to do drag, I was like, I, I would love to do like a competition type thing. And so it was like my very first thing that I did in the city, other than like some like bitter performances here and there. Um, it was great. Um, it was very hard to do my season, and then Marty was like, we want to do All-Stars, and All-Stars started the next week, and so I said, sure, I'll do All-Stars, that sounds like something to do, because I'm bored, <laughs> just kidding, no, that was an honor, um, and it was really fun, I think I learned, I learned a lot about myself, I learned a lot about who I am as a performer, I figured out that drag is very different from musical theater, it requires a lot more energy, surprisingly, and I think that I, um, I really figured out who I was in the world of drag and like what my angle was on the whole thing. And uh, it kind of, it made me realize there's a lot of talent in the city and it's fantastic to see how people come from different backgrounds to create drag. And I think it was a really interesting experience all 16 weeks. And I got to know a lot of really great people. Like I made a lot of friends while I was on awesome. Not a colonoscopy. Oh, 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 the facts are horrible. I mean, facts are facts. How are the facts? 
Now, were you able to get a lot of numbers out of doing UDP that you still perform? Oh, fully. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do one that I performed at the Ultimate Drag Pageant tonight. Awesome. Uh, but I, some of the numbers that I created over the course of those weeks are staples of my performance. And then, of course, like you add what you want to, but like competitions like that, and of course, like iconic, give you that. So does it really like on? And they give you a really great license to just create. Like you, and, uh, invention thrives on like having like a box to go off of. So you gotta like put yourself into that box and create something new, and it's fun. It's awesome. Great. Now, what would you say is the most difficult thing about conquering the New York City drag scene? Wow. Um, battling through the sea of evil bitches. Mm, just moving them aside. Um, I think that, no, the hardest thing about the New York City drag scene is just the sheer volume of people. Because, you know, with the success of RuPaul's Drag Race, gay marriage, everybody's out of the closet, so every faggot with a wake and a dream is a drag queen. So you have to really, like, you have to be at the top of your game. Uh, you have to like know how you uh, just as a drag performer in New York City, you can't be a cookie cutter. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I feel like a lot of places, and I've seen drag from other cities, you can get away with a lot more because they're like, "Wow, a man in a dress and a wig—that's revelatory." But here in New York, they're like, "Okay, great. Next, what's what do you want?" And so you're like, "Well, I'm a man in a dress and a wig, but also this." But anyway. So I feel like you just you have to have something to bring to the New York City drive scene that is original and sort of like your own. Otherwise, you just get lost in the rushes, or you're just terrible. Well, when you ultimately have your own drag cabaret, not to be confused with drag array produced by myself last September, uh, what will it be, and what can we expect to see? My own drag array. Oh yes. Um, I uh, my one-woman show is called uh, Carlos the Uber Driver, the five-star review. R-A-V-U-E. I've said this for a while. It's fantastic. I'm writing it right now, um, and it's it's uh, it's going to be produced shortly, I believe. Um, but I I like uh, I think it's going to be fun. I think it's just going to be me yelling at you for an hour about how much I love Broadway, and then you saying, wow, I've seen this before, and leaving, I'm satisfied. Sounds great, sounds great. Now, this would not be an episode of Lot Talk if we didn't play my favorite game, Tea Time. Tea Time with Michael Bebrock. Wait, can I do my, yeah, I was waiting for you, you didn't do it, so do it now. Okay, wait, can I preface it? Do it now. Okay, so I've always, I've ragged on Michael continuously because he has, you heard at the beginning of the show, he has his entrance music for his block talk. And I said, you need a theme song, man. So like, I was arguably um, uh, slightly inebriated and I, I was like, wow, it'd be a great idea to create a new one. And so I listened to a couple episodes of Hey Queen and I came up with this really original jingle. Ready? <clears throat> block talk with Michael B. Block. He's talking about food and drag and stuff. It's block talk with Michael B. Block. Block talk, fanboy. And that's basically the Hey Queen theme song as it's, well. It's the Hey Queen theme song with more words and a fanboy. So we're going to shopping. You're going to give us a new version soon with um, some guest stars and it is size and guest stars. I'm gonna rewrite it and it's gonna be fantastic. What was the original question? Well, no, we're playing tea time. Oh, tea time. Uh, so for those who may not have listened to the podcast before, um, when I have a drag queen on, we play tea time where um, I ask uh, the guests some names and we expect to hear some teas, some stories, whatever they want to share. And if they happen to be in the room tonight, I don't care. You have to share some stories. <laughs> I'm going to finish a little bit more of this so I can be a little shadier for this, for all of you. And <laughs> because she's sitting the closest to me right now, we're starting off with Tiffany Hercoke. Who? I'm just kidding. Um, Tiffany is uh, my, my real life boyfriend. She's fantastic. I make all of her hair. So you can DM me for your private hair inquiries. Um, uh, I kind of, I'm sort of her drag mother. Uh, we, we met doing a production of Macage, and she was like really afraid that she was going to be ugly as a girl, and so I did her makeup for her the first time. She was like, I 
and she instantly, like every gay man, when you play drag for the first time, you're like, I'm gorgeous. Regardless of whether it's just like a squiggle of eyeliner and like red lipstick applied with your ring finger, you are gorgeous to yourself in that moment. And I came back to New York after that show and I was like, I'm so inspired, I want to do this. And I started doing shows, and she was like, oh, well, I feel left out, I want to do it too. So she started doing it with me, and we kind of became like a duo, and now we, uh, we do most of our shows together, it's very fun. I love it. We just celebrated uh, our one year anniversary, and also her birthday, she's 23. Yeah, congratulations. You're fine, you're young, get over it. Next up is Nomi Sass. Oh, Nomi. Uh, do you know Nomi Sass? Nomi Sass is uh, a beautiful woman from uh, a different generation of New York City drag. Uh, but she's also, she's my drag mom, and I met her doing the same production of Lacage that I met Corey doing. Um, she's fantastic. She, she models her drag after um, Rochelle Rack, and she is just like this big, giant, over-the-top, like, campy Broadway queen, but she's like, stick skinny. Yeah. Um, she's gorgeous, and uh, she taught me a lot about, like, work ethic and, like, finding your, like, niche in the city. She's a really great person. Did she teach you how to do Instagram story? Yes, oh my gosh. Her Instagram stories are legendary. She always addresses the camera as if it's BroadwayWorld.com, which, which is, I mean, like, the best thing you, you're gonna see today. Uh, my Instagram feed, I feel like, is more irreverent. I just, like, my motto is, if you're not gonna Instagram it, you're a fake person. So if you take, like, that bad video, and, like, something happens wrong, that's what the people wanna see. They don't wanna see, like, come to Icon Story at 10, kissy face. They wanna see, like, come to Icon, oh shit, a ladder fell on me. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's um, awesome. Last but not least, Nicole Anoscopy. <laughs> you get out of here. I'm just kidding. Nicole is um, a street corner prostitute that I know. <laughs> 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 Nicole was very fun. Nicole beat me in the, the very first round. Ultimate Jack Pendant. Love you, Nicole, which I was very upset about. And um, for a long time, I really resented her, and I resented her drag. And I was like, she's untalented, she's terrible. But then I got to know her a little bit more, and she's still untalented and terrible. <laughs> I love Nicole. I think she's great. Um, she has a bunch of new shows. I think she has like a fresh take on drag, which is kind of cool. Um, she definitely looks like it. Oh, like the scariest, most beautiful clown you know. Yeah, that's Nicole Anoscopy. I love her, I hate her, and I love her. Do you know you can see her here on Sunday at 8 o'clock in Iconic? Or you could come to my brunch on Sundays at Casa Agave on 48th at night. It's at 1 o'clock and we have one seating. Come see me sometime. I mean, you can do both. You can do both. Don't do both. Just come tonight. Well, where can we find you on social media? My social media is very simple. Get out your cell phones. It's at Carlos the Uber Driver. It's very easy. Very easy. And my memo is the same. And don't find me on Facebook because that's where my couple grandparents see all of my content. So don't post that around on there. <laughs> well, thank you. We'll thank back you. A bit. I hope not. Bye. I'm gonna give you a, a block top hug. Block top hug. Mm -hmm. Good job. All right, so we're gonna stay in order, and I think she's now in the house. Is that true? Is she here? Bambi? Is she ready? No? Is she not here? Okay. Well, we're gonna move ahead. She gets on stage and leaves you wanting more because she's just a tease. It's Salmonella! Hello! Hello! Oh, fuck me! This Carlos broke the chair. No. Oh, I'm just fat. No, no, it's Carlos's fault. 
How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. I'm very excited to have you here. I'm excited to be here. Now, let's start by finding out how you got your drag name. Okay, so it's a really short story. Can you hear me? Oh, there we go. Okay. It's a really short story. So I was seeing Hamilton, the Broadway musical, super hit, and I was having dinner with some uh, mentors of mine. We were having chicken cordon bleu. The chicken was raw. At the same time, I was thinking about starting drag. We were like salmonella, and then we were also having dessert. We were going between peach melba and salmonella, and I ended up just going with salmonella. I love it. I love it. It's a great drag name. Now, describe salmonella in three words. Housewife, pinup, whore. She's a whore. Yeah. How long have you been wanting to do drag? Um, well, I've been doing drag for two and a half years. Um, yeah. I mean, I hadn't wanted to do drag before. Who, who pushed you to do it? Anyone in particular? Um, no. Honestly, I started watching that little show called RuPaul's Drag Race. What season did you start with? Four, and I still haven't watched one, two, or three. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't need to. It's bad. It's okay. Um, you're currently competing in the seventh season of The Ultimate Drag Pageant. Yes. What's been the most challenging thing about it? Um, I think just coming up with the new material so fast, because just the themes are so different every week that it's not necessarily in my rep of performance pieces. So it's like, like this next week is uh, political, and I've never done a political piece before. So, I mean, you'll have to come out to see. Yeah, it. can you give the audience a little tease? Um, <laughs> I just I've gone between three ideas, and my newest one has to do with Catwoman. From Batman. Ooh. Yeah. I think that's going to be my final idea. Yeah, you've been you signing this so far. Because I'm what? Running out of time. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, you've been signing this so far. I'm proud of you. Thank you. Yeah, I just got my second win last week. Amazing. Yeah, because I saw you for the first time when you guessed with the new blue. Oh, that was a, yeah, that was the first time I saw you. Oh my god, that was fun. Yeah, she, she's, she's crazy. I love her. She's so yeah. sweet. Yeah. If people didn't know right now, they will. You are an expert makeup artist, really designer. Thank you. Um, how did you decide that's what you wanted to do with your life? Um, well, I went to school at Jacksonville University for musical theater for one year. I didn't love it. I loved musical theater, but I didn't love the program. So I left the program, and then I got a job at the Oslo Repertory Theater in Sarasota, Florida. And that's where I learned how to do wigs and um, costuming. And then after a year with them, I decided to go to school for special effects makeup, so TV and film kind of stuff. Um, and that's kind of when I fell into drag, because drag requires all of those pieces, costuming, makeup, wigs. And I was like, I can do all of this, so it kind of just fell into place. That's awesome. Yeah. Now, I know you were on a cruise for a little bit. I was on a cruise for a little bit. Woof. <laughs> Tell us about it. Okay, so I was the wig supervisor for Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, on board the Norwegian Cruise Lines. And uh, I was awful. Um, <laughs> no, it was fun. The show was great. You know, like getting to do drag. Well, I wasn't doing drag at the time, but getting to see and work behind backstage with all these drag queens was just absolutely fabulous. Um, and doing their wigs, you know, that's when I first got into doing drag wigs that I now do full time. Um, but yeah, so I, I did learn a lot. They treat the wig person as a crew member of the ship, so that wasn't exactly my cup of tea because I'm expensive. I like to be yeah. treated well. So, <laughs> what was the most amazing location you visited? Barcelona. Yeah. We went, uh, I mean, yeah, we went all over Europe. So we went to like Barcelona, we went to France, we went, you know, all around Spain. Like, it was just, it was stunning. It yeah, was the best I'm jealous. I've never really traveled, so. I no, yeah, gonna... definitely get out to Europe sometime soon. What would you say the biggest misconception about drag is? Oh my god, skip. No, um, <laughs> the biggest misconception would be that it's easy. Like, if you do, if you want to do drag well, you really have to put in the time and the effort if you want to look polished. But, I mean, I can't knock the new queens because they don't have, like, the money or the experience to do it. So, I just think 
the misconception is that it's easy, but it's really not. How long does it take you to transform into Soma? Oh my god, well, I'm a leisurely queen, so I like to take my time. <laughs> so it takes me, I mean, I give myself enough time for the fuck-up factor. When I was in makeup school, my teacher told me, leave room for the fuck-up factor when you go on your gigs, which basically is like, if you fuck something up, you want to have enough time to fix it. So I start probably three to four hours in advance, because getting into this full drag body takes 45 minutes. If someone wants to be my assistant, and get some Crisco, and wants to squeeze me in, I'll appreciate it. Any takers, anyone out there? No? No? They're disgusted. They're disgusted <laughs> with me. Where do you see your career in five years? Um, Off-Broadway. I would love to have my own off-Broadway show. Um, either one woman, or I have a sister, a long-lost sister in Sarasota, Florida, and we have a little skit called the Plump Sisters, and we're these big vintage women from the 50s, and we do this little skit. So I'd love to bring their show off Broadway. That's the goal. What works in the that you've got to work with do you want to work with? That I haven't gotten to work yeah. with? Um, I mean, I would love to work with Rosé. Like, I style wigs for Rosé and Jan Sport, but I would love to guest with them at some point. Do you have a fourth member? <laughs> oh, I can't. <laughs> I can sing, but I can't sing like them. I don't have the Beyonce gene. No, no. Well, are you ready to play in Tea Time? Yes. All right. We are going to start off with one of your UDP sisters, Coco Taylor. <laughs> Love Coco Taylor. She's in Hawaii right now, so she's missing the pageant this week, which means she won't win the pageant. <laughs> oh, mighty words! <laughs> Any stories you want to tell about her? Um, I haven't actually gotten a chance to hang out with her yet. We really only see each other at the pageant. Um, I think her numbers are funny. She's very smart. She's a smart queen. She always looks polished, unless she doesn't wear nails. Um, yeah. Okay. Next, uh, you mentioned her already, Laguna Blue. Laguna Blue, I love her. She, I met her, I said, she was the very first drag queen I met when I moved to the city April 3rd. And I said, hey, I do wigs. And she said, all right, how much? So <laughs> that she really just started off my whole intro into the drag community here in the city. So I got to give her props for that. She's gotten me every client I've had so far. That's amazing. Yeah. And I, how can I not ask you about Sierra Mist? Sierra Mist. Oh, that bitch. Ah, she is up my ass when it comes to the ultimate drag pageant. But honestly, I just met her four months ago, and we are best friends. I love her to death. Yeah, she, she's been doing well, too. She's yeah, playing. very well. So I did do her mix last week, but... Ooh. <laughs> Where can we find you on social media? I am at Selmanilla, S-E-L-M-A, Nilla, N-I-L-L-A, underscore official. And your other one? I do drag wigs at your... I'm drunk. Y-O-U-R-E underscore A underscore T's. T-E-A-S-E. -E. You're a T's. Go follow her. We'll see you in a little bit. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Oh. All right. Is she hearing you? Is she hearing you? Okay. Okay. We're going, to, we're going to make her last. So she's set out to trade posts and leave us all, but I'm not going to get away with that point on stage one last time. Please welcome my absolute favorite girl, Bijoum. Hello, Icon. How are you tonight? I'm feeling great. It is my birthday Wednesday. This it's is the only celebration I have planned. Um, yeah, we're going to learn a little bit about you. I know you're going to meet before it, but how did you settle on Bijoum? So, um, also a short story, like Selma. Um, before Drag Race, I was a really big fan of Aja, and I thought like the name Aja is so vague that you can do whatever with it. And you know, being a new queen, I was like, I'm not trying, first of all, I'm not that funny. So I was not gonna do a funny name. And like, I was just, I'm <laughs> not a theater girl. I was like, I need something that's vague as hell. Bijou, what name? And what does Bijou mean? Bijou means jewels or jewelry, as Vanna Du loves to say. Yeah. How would you describe Bijou in three words? Um, casual, <laughs> lazy, 
smiley. Okay, yeah, I, 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 I think, yeah, that's, that's accurate, yeah. Um, why is drag important for you? Drag is important for me because specifically, this is gonna sound so cheesy, it, it has such a specific enjoyment to people's night when you're there. Uh, my favorite compliment I've ever gotten was during my almost weekly show at Boots and Saddle with Banadu and Poppy, uh, where this guy came up to me and he said, you don't know how you're affecting us by being in the room with us. Like, he's like, you're just radiating and we are vibing with that. Yeah. And then that man also bought me four shots that night. And what happened after that? I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, let, let, let's talk a little bit about uh, Femme Fatale, shall we? Yes, let's do it. Um, yeah, so Femme Fatale was a little trio that I produced at Boots and Saddle before I went under. Um, as you said, it was you, Vanna, and Poppy. What was the most rewarding part about it for you? Money. <laughs> you did make money, Connor. Now, you also were part of the Drag Array with Vanna, but it wasn't Poppy, it was um, Cherry Poppins. What, what did you enjoy about that? Vanna. Robin <laughs> 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 Yeah, Cherry, Cherry. Cherry's a good one, I wish she was here. I no, she she's doing a benefit for the team burner right now, so. Um, so when we first met, when I was judging you for Lady Liberty, um, and I knew you were starting to make it during those first two performances, um, and then you did season four of the Ultimate Drag Pageant. What has your journey been to you the past year and a half? Um, well, my journey has been like one performance and then a month of getting stoned and eating and then one performance and then a month of getting stoned and eating and then Vanna booking weekly shows and me just being like, guess who's gonna be there? Yeah, it's been a lot of piggybacking, but honestly, no, it's been, it's been really great. Um, that, that vibe that I was talking about, that guy at Boots and Saddle has only grown in and I've realized that that is where I thrive and that's what I do and I... I just love getting a group of people together and hanging out and partying. What was your favorite part about Ultimate Drag Pageant? Delayed response. Wait, hold on. <laughs> Wait, hold on. <laughs> so the answer is not Vanadu. <laughs> Like, the answer now is Vanadu. The answer during the experience was not Vanadu. <laughs> yeah, she, she, she was fun. Um, I know, I know, my interview was all about Vanadu, but you know what, she talks about me a lot too, so it's good. Well, yeah, I mean, th this is a question that kind of relates to Vanna. Um, one thing that I love about you is if you're ever watching a movie or a TV show or whatever, you always cast yourself and your friends in it. How did this start? Um, it started off as like, you know, like clearly like the whole point of a lot of commercial art is for you to relate to somebody and honestly probably started just from being on Tumblr too much and then bringing that into my real life, you know, everyone on Tumblr is like, this is me and everyone in this video. It's like, I was like, no, you're actually one person and I'm going to tell you who you are. Now, like, let's say you were casting, um, nine to five, who, who would you be? This is such a pointed question. <laughs> uh, I would say that I am probably Jane Fonda. Who would be? Yeah, she's Roz. Lily Tomlin. Lily Tomlin. Um, so you're about to leave us. You're going back home. Yes. What are some of your artistic goals while you're home? To bring Brooklyn to the West Coast. I'm excited and nervous. I think that the West Coast drag scene is a little bit based more on full female impersonation, and I don't always do that. Tonight, I got boobs and hips, but that's not always the case, and so we'll see how that plays out there. Yeah, and you're gonna be teaching dance a little bit? Say that one more time. Are you teaching dance while you're out there? Oh, yes! I'm gonna be teaching dance classes at my little twin sister's dance studio. Awesome. I know. I, sometimes I think about Alyssa Edwards and I'm like, who put her in charge of children? Um, and then I think that about myself now. Uh, yeah, I kind of agree with that. I'm a little worried. Um, are you ready to play Tea Time? Yes, I am. Um, where do we start with Dee Dee Comes Well? 
could not love a person more also resembles Heather Dubrow from Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Uh, Orange County. Oh, you slipped up. She's a Beverly Hills personality in an Orange County show. What's your favorite in our housewife? Series? Orange County. Okay. Um, are you going to go and stalk them out while you're, when you're back? For sure. Next up is Petty Cake. Beautiful, beautiful green eyes. One of the most flexible drag queens I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. And also one of the manliest drag queens I've ever seen. <laughs> True. And for those who don't know, Penny likes to, likes to deny it, but the first time she was in drag was at Ultimate Drag Pageant for your number. Yes. Uh, it was a nice video, don't worry. Um, and because this interview is all about her, Vanadu. God, my biggest drag inspiration, both in a positive and negative way. <laughs> <laughs> Give us like a story about her. No, don't. <laughs> yes, do. Yes. Oh my god, it's like the, the, yeah, I spend probably eighty percent of my life with her. It's like that is such a question. Um, a story about her. After being friends, best friends for nine months, we're sitting on my couch and she looks at me and goes, looks at me and goes, What color are your eyes again? <laughs> And I'm like, are you kidding? She goes, green? How mean. <laughs> I'm glad you've learned. Now, where can we find you on social media? You can find me at bijou.xo on Instagram. And I really need to make a drag Venmo because yeah, uh, plugging the Venmo is my boy name, which is Joshua-Arnold4. There was a man here earlier who said he was going to Venmo me after literally seeing me. Um, he's probably gone now, but... I'll miss that dollar. All right, we're going to bring up our final guest because she's here. She here? She here? She ready? All right. Um, she slays the house down every time she hits the stage. It's the stunning and talented Bambi. Yeah. Hi, how are you? I'm good, I'm here. You're here. You look gorgeous. It is a gorgeous chair. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, we're just gonna cut to the chase. What the fuck is your name? <laughs> um, Bambina the Don Diva. If not that, Bambina. If, if not you that. can't manage that, Bambi. Great. So we're calling you Bambi tonight. Hey, that works for me. There we go. Now, how would you describe yourself in three words? Oh wow. Um, in or out of drag? Yeah, in drag. In drag. Um, obnoxious. Uh, I mean, I think I'm kind of pretty. Yeah, I um, <laughs> And obnoxious. Obnoxious, pretty obnoxious. Like, okay, I can see that. What inspired you to do drag? Um, my school, actually. I think I had this conversation with someone else. But I think I subconsciously chose to go to Boston Conservatory once I got my acceptance letter because I knew that they had an annual drag show. Every year. Yeah. 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 And I, I also was like obsessed with the guy who like started it. His name was Mackenzie. Yeah. He was stunning. So men, the reason you're doing drag is for men. I, I, I see it, I see it. Um, you were one of those UDP cases where you came to support a friend. Yeah. And then you competed the next season, season six. What was the UDP experience like for you? Oh my god, it was like drag boot camp. Um, it was like going to like a conservatory all over again, but like in drag form, so you felt self-conscious and inadequate every week. Uh, <laughs> but it forced you to get better, and like you were, I personally knew that, even when I didn't place or whatever, I personally was proud of the work that I brought to the table every week, because I just wanted to outdo what I did the week before. Yes. What was your favorite performance? Um, Did you have some really strong ones? Uh, uh, I want to say Comedy Week, um, which is ironic because I don't think I'm a comedy queen. I don't think I'm a funny person at all. Um, but I managed to get a few laughs, and now it's become a pretty regular number that I yeah. do. Um, and I think other than that, one night only, Broadway Week, because I fell flat on my pocket ass. Yes, you did. But you did it your best life. <laughs> <laughs> In real talk, I may not have even been patted that week. 
Yeah, true. we grew a lot during Ultimate <laughs> <laughs> And you made it to the final lip sync. I did. How do you stay artistically active? How do I stay artistically active? Um, I, I think it's kind of like a, it's a fault. Everywhere I go, I'm constantly listening to music or on Instagram admiring someone's face that they've created in 24 minutes while it takes me three hours to decently do mine. Um, but yeah, I'm like, oh, even when I'm at work, I want to pump gum shrimp, shout out, come visit me in Times Square. I cannot give you a discount because Landry takes me pay for it and I refuse, but come visit. Um, but yeah, even while I'm like buzzing on the tables, walking parties, party of three, I'm in my mind just like, what's the next drag number going to be? Can you do a bubble gum number one day? <laughs> oh God, sure, sure, yeah, just for you. Um, who are some of your drag inspirations? Um, I know there's people, well, okay, I'll start with um, Kennedy K. Bonet. Um, I think it's stunning. Um, her lip syncs are pretty immaculate. She knows how to take like any genre of music and like focus it into like her face and her eyes. And like, at least on the show, I've never seen her live, but on the show, I feel like the camera just was like trapped right here on her face. People can't see what I'm doing, so I don't know why I'm talking with my hands. But um, yeah, her, RuPaul, obviously, because he's created like, he's paved the way for us to do so much with drag. And like, I know that's a cop-out answer, but he, he did. Especially being a queen of color. You know, my, my dad personally is just like, God, you want to do drag? We didn't pay $56,000 a year for you to do drag. And I'm like, hey, if RuPaul can rock a blonde wig, Kyle Bambi can rock a pink one. Um, Amen. So yeah, I'll come with those. In our politically charged society, how do you use your platform as an artist both to entertain and inform? Um, I don't know if I, I don't even know if I really use it as a platform to inform as much as I use it as a way to process my own confused, ambiguous thoughts about what's happening in the world. Um, yeah, I think, if anything, I just want to have a dialogue, and sometimes speaking just isn't easy, so like expressing it via some art form that other people can then take and take what you couldn't put into words and do it for you makes it a little bit easier. Yeah, what are some of your drag dreams? Uh, okay, um, so like star in a music video, like next to Beyonce would be pretty epic. Okay. Like just sit there like in the loop doing like her little hula hoop moves next to her would be like pretty fierce. Um, hype dream though. If but realistically, um, I think I do I do really like creating pieces that I think just spark uh, social conversation. I think those are my favorite pieces to do. Um, and to create and to perform. And I think whenever I get the opportunity to create a dialogue or just, um, again, digest my own thoughts is when I feel the most artistically fulfilled in any manner, whether it's drag or something else. Amazing. Now, are you ready to play tea time? Yeah! You know, ready, ready? Let's see, let's start with some tea on Show Me. Um, the, are these people that have been like recycled? People already. Nope, nope. Oh, well, she's, she's sexy. Tonight. She's fine as fuck. I, that's a dick I'd suck. <laughs> there you go, there you go. I do it. Next up is Chola Spears. Uh, <laughs> um, wow, I'm obsessed with Chola. Um, I don't know if I have any tea or dirt on Chola. No, none. No. Like, is there anything negative to say about Chola? No. She's fucking kind and like she hits the stage and you're amazed from the moment she opens her mouth to the moment she sits back down. Yeah, she, she, she's she's a wrong one. And last but not least, Ms. Diamond Wigfall. <laughs> Ms. Diamond Wigfall. Um, I, I am obsessed with my best friend, Diamond Wigfall. We started drag in Boston the same time and like, uh, back in the days, we used to just like take our undercuts and like hike them, like put them in like high buns and like get connect along braids from the beauty supply store and like do helicopter head whips in the Boston uh, machine and these ratchet clubs. Come on, machine. Who knows about machine out there? Yes. Um, but yeah, I, I've always admired to see how, how far she's grown as a drag queen. 
Um, and it just completely surpassed me and left me in the dust. Sure did, sure did. Sure did, sure did. Now, where can we find you on social media? You can find me at Instagram, on Instagram, at I'm Still Cute. That's I M S T I L L C U T E. I'm so cute. Um, we're working on the Facebook page, even though I'm kind of like, what's the point? Do people really use Facebook? They do. 2018, oh. Well, I'm a rebel. I don't. Fair enough. I don't. Well, we're going to keep on saying we're going to the other three pop because we are going to do a second video on every podcast called the Pop 5 Rapid Fire, where I'm going to give you five pop culture things, and you're all going to respond to it in a word, story, or phrase, whatever you want to say. Yeah, come on up. Can I get out this chair? Here come the queens. Hot wing down. Are we gathering around one microphone? Yeah, you, you can all share it. Steal the mic. Wait, hold on. I have a good idea. Everyone stand. Here, we got a mic stand. Oh my god. Please stand up. We'll put the mic. It's like a spelling bee. There you go. All right. So, the first thing I'm going to ask you about is the new season of Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Don't watch. Is that, no comment. Just raise your hands. Do it. How, how does this work? Do I have to raise it? Just get on the mic and say it. Um, I, uh, the promo picture is fantastic. Uh, I think that Courtney and Kylie look the best in the promo picture. I've only recently become obsessed with Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Um, as a result of, uh, Corey actually influenced me to get involved in that. Um, that's all I have to say about it. Anyone else? Anyone have thoughts? I have shown no interest in the Kardashians. Mm -hmm. No, I've not. I haven't watched it. Next up is Moodle Attacks. <laughs> Next we have Moodle Pass. Pardon? Moodle Pass. <laughs> is that the, I don't know. No one has Moodle Pass? Is there anyone that Moodle Pass? Well, get rid of Moody Pass. You get up here and use this mic. Yeah. Yeah. She has opinions. You get it. Alright, next we have Donald Trump and the Never Ending Tweets. Enough is enough. Why is our president allowed to use Twitter? Like, I don't understand like, that. Yeah, <laughs> It's ridiculous. I, I think it's hysterical because he's like a, because he's like, what, what, like, politician wakes up in the morning and goes like, I'm going to go beat people on the internet right now. Like, who said shit about me? I'm going to go attack them. I'm a fucking, I think it's funny, but he's an asshole. So, next we have, no one wears the stage musical. The guy I'm about to sublet from is in it. And, oh my god, it sounds so good. I want to go look at the pictures on his mantle. Okay, let's do it. Great. So you're taking us all though, right? Yeah. Okay. There you have it. Someone's taking us to see the one way. My dream bitches, you pay. <laughs> and number five is, oh yeah, number is new music. Oh, okay. I'm sorry, Haven't heard it. <laughs> Has there ever been anything as important? <laughs> so, the Donald Trump Even the bad ones, like the light is coming, it's like, ugh. And then you just hear it. And more, well, then you live with someone that plays it over and over again. And then you're like, yeah, no, this, this one's good too. Yeah. Um, so, what we do in the podcast is I have a, uh, my previous guest asked my current guest a question. So, this is a question from Corey Campitoli. What was the first time you saw yourself represented on screen? Let's go this way. <laughs> uh, Pineapple Express. <laughs> Ew. Okay, there we go. Who's doing this Pineapple Express? Uh, there used to be this really awful TV show on Logo called Noah's Ark. Yeah. Come on, yes, people know about it. Yeah, that was probably the first time I was like, Okay, black men exist outside of me. <laughs> I'm curious. Um, something about Mary because I always wanted bangs that high and hard. <laughs> uh, I saw Sound of Music, and no, I didn't identify instantly with Julie Andrews. I was obsessed with Uncle Max. He is this flamboyant gay character, just like nestled right into Sound of Music. He wears feathers in his hair. I was like, that's it. 
<laughs> now, the four of you together have to come up with a question for me to ask my next guest. Are you a top or bottom? Yeah, that was the one for me too. Yeah. Great, there is the yeah. question. Yeah. Um, I think I know who my next guest is, and it's an obvious answer, but um, again, tell us where we can find you on social media. All at once, shall we? I hope you all understood that. Um, if you made it this far in the podcast, use hashtag LawTalkLive. Um, before we wrap this portion of the night up, um, Stephen is going to come out here very shortly with some cupcakes for Beach's birthday. All right, everyone, it's now time to sing Happy Birthday to Bijou. Let's pick a key. All right, you guys can sing it. One, two, three. Happy Birthday to you. A big thanks to my incredible guests and everyone who came out to Icon for the show. If you have any questions or comments, drop me a line at theaterthenow.com via our question link. Until next time, I'm Michael Block, and that was Block Talk. Mm-hmm.